This is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 9, track 13. Mer Girl. great things that a Madonna finale ha- lo- I love which is it, there's a crack in the door to the future and not necessarily a huge grand statement of like this is what it's about um, the woman of love makes the world go round is gone Yeah, and we're just getting a very um, almost a short story in, 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 in song yeah, it is a short story. I think this is the closest to art pop that, well, it is. I think it's art pop. Like, it's um, it's building on, again, like her love of Bjork and stuff that's slightly off, uh, but still very pop. And it's it like, because the melody, the sound, like it's all very clear and clean and catchy, mm-hmm. but it's moody and ethereal and a world. It's a, she builds this world. She, yeah. And she lets us into a visual of her like home in Michigan, like, well, I have a whole narrative about this song okay. that I'd like to share, but okay. I, um, I I also love how all of the strands we've been talking about kind of wrapping this up and liking to have and not to hold uh, with the san- Sanskrit chanting. This pulls all of the strands from the whole record into one song in a way that's also fresh and new and different. Um, this song sounds like nothing else on the record. Yeah. Well, it sounds the most to me like a true William Orbit track. Yes. Like, it's like, okay, 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 You've we've been playing by Madonna's rules the whole time and everything's been moving into like these structures that are made for pop music. And this is and like- And radio play. Yeah. And yeah. this is like, this could be on Strange Cargo. This could be, yeah. you know, it's like there's less um, trying to fit it in. Yeah. Yeah. And so much more the album has been like trying to fit things into these structures and this is like let's what if we let go of the structure for this 
I mean, yeah. let go of a formal pop structure. It has a lot of structure, yeah. actually. Well, and and it lyrically though, it's all Madonna, and it's yeah. all all of those elements of the earth and the sea yes. and the sky. They're all in this one song. Yes, yes. And she she goes into the earth at one point in the song. She's running in the rain. She's seeing the sky overhead. She's looking at the rotting leaves. Yeah. It, it's all all of those elements that she's been playing with throughout the album come together and she's one with the world in all of its extremes in this one moment. Yes. Um, so my narrative is that, because I think Madonna goes home more than we think she does to Michigan. I don't think she announced it a lot. And I think that, you know, probably in 1997, Madonna got on a plane and took Lourdes to Michigan. And I do think that her stepmother is a great mom and was so excited to like play nursemaid. And Madonna was like, oh, you wanna, you wanna watch Lourdes? I'm gonna go for a run. Joan, why don't you and Paula watch, watch Lourdes for an hour? And she went on a run, probably a run that she went, she's gone on since she was in high school, right? Yeah. Through Flint. And she runs to the to the the graveyard where her mother's grave is, and she actually has this experience. That's yes. my idea. Yes. And um and unlike her visit when um when uh, in Truth or Dare, this is Madonna completely at her essence. Nothing's around, and she has this kind of cathartic experience in the rain in Michigan. I ran to the treetops I ran to the sky Up to the lake Into the rain That matted my hair And soaked my shoes and skin Hid my tears Hid my She comes back and she finds that Paula has made up Lourdes in fright makeup <laughs> from <laughs> leftover from Halloween. Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 Well, she also, you're missing the part that when she's running, it starts to rain. Yeah. And she's, I love that idea of like Madonna's alone. She didn't bring anybody with her because nobody cares that no one even knows it's her. You know, yeah. It's just this woman running on the street or wherever she's running. She's totally alone, soaking wet. Mm. So part of the earth, like you're saying, confronting mortality. Yeah. Which I think you, yes, you say there's no like big theme or big oversweeping like statement in this album, in this song. Mm -hmm. But I think the song and the album is about mortality. Yeah. And about the cycle of life and the earth and where how that fits in, you know, everything. We're all in a cycle of life, right? Like in light day and night, um, the beginning and the end, the 
the the, gr- the, the birth and decay. Yes. The birth and decay. Yeah. And I do think, uh, you know, to continue our conversation from Little Star, there is a, a sense of, okay, I've had the child and I'm at my mother's, the, the three gener, I'm in the middle of a generational trilogy and that kind of questioning of what is it going to be for me mm-hmm. and what is it going to be for my child. I know how my mother's story ended yeah. and I'm here and I witness that and I take that with me on my journey. What am I going to leave my child and what world am I going to leave my child and where is my journey going to go from here? Because it does, I think having a child did kind of not heal but answer some of the questions Madonna had about her own mother and her own mother's um, experiences. Yes, I think it does for sure. Or it gives her some sense of closure, but it doesn't also solve it for her. Meaning, no, I think it provides, it, it, it asks additional questions. Well, she's she then, going deeper. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that, yeah, because, you know, I think what I find most striking about the song and is closer to the end, you know, Obviously, her rotting bones in decay, and I think we'll probably talk about that more. But like, I think I ran and I ran, and I'm still running away. Yeah, like that's where we're ending, you know. And yet, there's like, okay, so there's still stuff that I'm looking there still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, I, I was, I was, a, I was home for Easter last weekend, and I wasn't at my parents, my my family home because we've we've moved away from that. So. I, 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 but when I'm in, when I'm in Ohio always, and I can be at my sister's in Cleveland, I could be at my mother's home on the lake, um, which I didn't grow up at either of those, but psychically I'm home and I was running and I was thinking to myself, I always feel, I love running in the rain and I love it because it's the time I feel closest to the world, to the to the ground and to the nature, particularly in woods. I love I love running in the woods in the rain, and because it 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 kind of strips you away from like the urban world, and you do feel you smell it, you feel it, you your mud is everywhere, you're like in it, and I, I find it to be such. And I was just thinking about how you both are tied to your childhood and your past and your roots, but you're also always trying to break away from it. And there's always this kind of thread holding you back. And I think the, the, the easier you can accept that that's always going to be there. I think the better you will be and the bolder you will be because you always know it'll it'll, you'll always be able to be tied back as opposed to trying to resist it or try and ignore it and try and you, do you know what I mean? It, 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 it almost like releases something in you that if you keep trying to tug it and try and break it off, you're just going to get more, you're just going to use the energy differently. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you have your, your, there is a string, but the string is as long as you need it to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but you're still, there's always a place you can return to. I think about that with like Elaine Stritch, like at the end when she went back to where she was from. To, Mich- to Birmingham. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, like I, it just made me think like, wow, will there be a time where like, again, I don't mean to get morbid, but the song yeah, brings it up yeah. of like, oh yeah, well, go Madonna's going to hit a moment and be like, I just want to go live back in Michigan and, you know. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
like at the, you know, closer to the very end, like I want to live in my father's house or I want to live, you know, I I don't know if that's, I don't know if she has that, but I also, we don't really know. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Because I always think of Madonna, this goes back to this idea of home, like, you know, and it's just in the papers this week that she's selling the home she bought a year ago, you know, for, she's trying to sell it for like seven million more dollars than she bought it for. Like it's just a year ago, the weekend, the house she bought from the weekend. Uh And it's like, if I think about like how many homes I know Madonna has lived in or moved from since I've known who Madonna is, I never, again, from the outside and from a distance, like I never get the sense that she has a home Mm. like, or I don't know what home means to her because I feel like she's either in LA, she's in New York, she's in London, she's in Lisbon, she's in Miami, like in the Hamptons, in the Hamptons, right? Like compound in the Hamptons. And she'll be there for extended periods of time and it'll feel like it's home. But then like suddenly she's been in LA forever now. And it's like, this is so weird. Like, is that where she lives? You know, like, where does she live or what is home for her? And she may have an answer for that. But from the outside, it looks like... Where her taxes are. That's where she's... not just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, is home for her, like you said, like, that feeling of when she goes back to Michigan, you know? Well, and I always think about... I always think about that interview with Forrest Sawyer again. And when she talks about when she really needs to get away, she goes to Melanie's house in, in L.A. with Joe Henry. And, and you know, and she went there actually... When she testified against that stalker in 1995. And uh, and they recorded Guilty by Association, that Vic Chestnut song right. that I love so much. Um, and I, I do feel like home for her and for so many of us is a state of mind at some point, because what happens when either all the people from your home, your whole family is gone or the, the structure is gone, or you have to kind of find a sense of like a a feeling of it. And I think if you can kind of create that, um, then you feel at home. But for, she's also, I mean, not to get all Midwest on you, Kenny, but, She's a gal from Michigan. She's from the Midwest. Like we all kind of have a a sense of that Midwestern work ethic decency thing that at certain points you want to be around those people. You want to go to Bob Evans and see your high school, you know, biology mate who works there. Madonna walking in (laughs) scene one, act one of the film. Madonna enters Bob Evans. I'd like some biscuits. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to be somebody. Do you have yogurt here? Do you still sell yogurt? Uh, and that's Let's a different look time. at the yogurt. Hey, can we shift to just talking about the artistry of this song and um, yeah. thinking about, like, I recall, I, don't, I couldn't find the, I think it's in like a Rolling Stone interview where she talks about the writing of the song and how when she heard the music, she just knew you know, she would take it, she worked on it in her bedroom and she would just play it on this tape player over and over again and just write the lyrics. And I just love that, you know, that goes back to like all the times I imagine when Madonna's making music on her own or just writing stuff in like in a bed, in her bedroom, making music. Very simple, very old school. Primal music making, like private experience. Cause this song feels very private. It feels like she didn't 
necessarily, you know, why are other songs they may have like written in the studio? Like I feel like, like committee. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. she came and that's partly why the, the instrumentation or the way that the song builds is so much more raw because it wasn't like we're crafting this in the studio. She's like, no, I like this track the way it is. And then they augmented and built around, yeah. but they didn't shape as much. Do you know what I mean? Or not in the same ways. Um, well, and I also like the idea because I, I do feel, um, and William Orbit said this, that they, they all were in shock when she came out of the vocal booth after doing this. And so I have a feeling, what I like to believe is, Madonna had the music. She was crafting the lyrics. She came in and didn't share with anybody what she was going to do yeah. and kind of did it to the music. And then they took that take yeah. and like that sparked them to do the extra work on it that they did after the fact. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I think that just to acknowledge like the vocal quality of the song is so beautiful the clarity of the lyrics the the of her voice the choices she makes melodically which goes back to it's really in that purest form is again like the thing that madonna does so well which are create melodies like mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful melody and the ways that she, the variations in it like i think of like um blinding me yeah oh god yeah and then that how that builds us into iran and iran you know yeah. and like um all those places where she just takes, like she gives us all that nuance and the storytelling. And this goes back to this thing I've said a couple of times, like of like Madonna really is a great actor. Mm. She really is. Yeah. Like she really performs a song. Like she really tells story to this day. You know, she really like, she thinks about the words she's saying. She embodies them. She like visualizes. She, and this song, like you said, is she's such a great storyteller in mm. it. And she found like, what sound does this part of the story need to express the emotion that I'm experiencing while it's happening to me, you know? Oh, that's, that's beautiful. I ran past the churches In the crooked old mailbox Past the apple orchards And lady that never talks Up into the hills I ran to the cemetery and held my breath and thought about your death. I ran to the lake and up into the hills. I ran and I ran. I'm looking there Also love how this this one is one where she does it never feels like she's fitting anything else in because she has all that space. She's also not bringing Madonna yeah to it, and that's the other thing I love when Madonna writes stuff like this is she doesn't bring all the stuff from before into the into the storytelling. It's about this story. And she's almost anonymous again 
and it's just about serving the story with the instrument that she has at that time. Yeah. And yeah. I love that about it. And the the way that and I do I do think a lot of her vocal training really impacts this because she really knows what she can do with her voice and she goes for it and she keeps it in a way that's different than the way she goes for it in Ray of Light. Yeah. It, 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 it is a whole other way of communicating and it brings out a different kind of emotion and a different thrill. In yeah. many ways, this is a very thrilling song. A hundred percent. Just a I, completely different way than... Yeah. I mean, to me, this is like her... It's musical theater. It is, you know, it is like... It's it's super thrilling. I think yeah. the way that the song builds, the way that she is changed through the story yeah. of like, I left my childhood house to go on a run, seeing all the things that are familiar to me. And then this event happens in nature and within me and with outside of me and with the spirit world. And I realize that I am, I am the earth. I am in the earth. I am, a, you know, a product of the earth. I have a responsibility to move the earth forward. And yet through it, I still can't find peace, you know, and, and, that, and I'm humbled by the humbled, humbled yes, by it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the ground gave way beneath my feet and the earth took me in her arms. Leaves covered my face and smudged across my back. Black sky opened up, blinding me. I ran to the forest, I ran to the trees, I ran and I ran. I was looking for me. She did this song live on the Drowned World Tour. Sort of. Kind of. Um, and I love, and I do think that having this recorded version freed her up to do what she does with it on. Yeah. So that she knows she always will have this. Yeah. And even today, I'm sure she listens to this and goes, damn, this is good. Yeah. 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 On the Drowned World, and we'll talk about it, you know, yeah, it's a couple of years later and it's after sort of a, it has a totally different context. She did do this song live as part of her Tears of a Clown shows that oh she did gosh, as yes. her little um, gift gift when she was well she first did it in melbourne right yeah um yeah. in 2016 while she was on tour with rebel heart yeah. and then she at the did... forum theater um th this 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 was one of those moments in the mid uh, mid teens that i'm kind of like okay madonna still got it that she could throw this little variety show together i mean she opened that show we'll, we'll talk about it later when we get to the rebel heart tour but i mean she opened the show with sending the clowns by stephen sondheim and i was on board and very it's the only time kenny finkel i think i've ever been 
outwardly jealous I had missed a show. Oh, 100%. Because also all like that set list is like all these songs that you know, I've been dying to hear her do that. She hasn't done a lot of them or some yeah. of them, you know, like nobody's perfect. It's like, she's doing nobody's perfect live. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. Um, and she was on a tricycle, you know, um, well, and, and, it, and it's the perfect amalgamation of like, of like impromptu spontaneity and kind of a dream set list with yeah, just yeah. enough hits yeah. to, and just enough rarity hits that you're just kind of, you're left satisfied by it, even though I'm sure in the moment it felt very ramshackle and tossed off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's save a lot of this talk for when we get there, Correct. But, but deep into this set, yeah, the audience is treated to the only, only full live version of Mergirl ever done so far. Correct. And she does it. She does it. She introduces it with the story yep. of of how she came to write it, and which is pretty much the story you tell about why she's there. I went to visit my father in his vineyard. He makes wine. That was always his dream when he was a kid. When we were growing up, he used to make wine in the basement. And um, yep, the Michigan. Was <laughs> <laughs> but he was so passionate about it. And she sings it and she just sings it on the stage, almost like she sang Drowned World, Substitute for Love at the top of the Drowned World tour. Like she just is singing it with no extra bells and whistles. Yeah, she's sitting down for some of it or a lot of it, I think. And the, um, you know, it's just like they have the little guitar riff and it really, it's very simple. I ran to the treetops 
I have this feeling that being there and seeing it would have been just transformative oh. for me, for sure, at least, you know. Well, and you look at the set list and it's between Don't Tell Me and Borderline. I mean, the fact that she then did Borderline jumping 20, yeah. 20, 25 years or something in the past. I mean, it's 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 magical. It is. Um, and I and I do. I don't think I don't think that this song's. um life is over. I think she will come back to this song because I do feel, I feel like with kind of a renewed interest in her back catalog, she's going to be reminded of, of this beautiful song. And yeah, and I really, hope so. Yeah, me too. Like, this is when I always say it half jokingly, but truly serious. Like my favorite Madonna is the Madonna we see on the street when she's not trying and she's just in the tracksuit and she's going from one place to another. And this is again, like, when we just see the person and hear the person yeah. and all of the stuff inside without any of the shit, like that's, I think also what's, she knows this. I mean, she, yeah. she holds this back from us a lot purposely, yeah. you know, but when she gives it to us, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly, you yeah. know, Oh, she's, she's experiencing the world so deeply, you yeah. know, as we all are, but that it's, I think, you know, but like that, oh yeah, she's here with us. She's not on this other place, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, and it, I, I think I remember at the time I, I was kind of like, I, I, I secret garden had kind of prepared me for kind of a, a left turn at the end of a Madonna record, Yeah, you know, bedtime story does it too, where it's like, Whoa, you know, I'm ready yeah. for it now. Yeah. But, um, I think it did, you know, I was, I was in college trying to become a writer and I just remember listening to this being like, oh, every little moment can be material. Everything can be inspiring. Dead leaves on the ground can, can, it made me look at the world more closely mm -hmm. in this way that I think I knew and I, I was doing already, but I was like, oh, this is what can happen if you do that. This yeah. is the kind of art that can come out of that experience if you do that. And to me, that was a profound lesson. Yeah. Profound. I think um, just going back to connecting to Little Star, connecting to Inside of Me, to Promise to Try, that this is, as far as I can tell, the last song about her mother mm. in some way. You yeah. Know? And I think that it all, if, if the, if we just had those songs as like a, a, you know, this is the end of a story, like, well, by becoming a mother, she's been able to confront the idea of her mother. Yeah. Rotting, turning into dust, you know, like the true idea of like that, her mother is all around her, but also her mother is physically gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and she talks about this in inside of me, but I think becoming like this, this sort of last, I think that's why little star and this have to be linked. And there's no way to not have little star mm -hmm. in this album because it's like, I am now a mother looking at a daughter, but I'm also always a daughter looking back and let, let me just take one more look back before I, cause I got to, I got to move forward. Yeah. Always running away and running towards. Yeah. 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 I'm still running. I'm still looking there still, you know, um, have you ever done, have, 
when we used to have CD players and it would just be like on repeat. Yeah. Um, have you ever, did that ever happen to you with this, this CD? Because if you play the CD and it goes, I'm still running away and there's that silence and then it starts back up with drown world. Yeah. It's in the same key. Oh, wow. And it just becomes oh. this circle. Oh. And I smelled her burning flesh, her rotting bones, her decay. I ran and I ran. I'm still running away. No, no, no. I used to play this all the time on repeat. Oh my gosh. Well, and it and and it does bring us back to the beginning, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Doesn't it? This whole season has been all about, I think, Madonna learning life big lessons and really being careful about how she's gonna move forward. Everything, you know, and we talked at the beginning of the season about so much change is hap- gonna happen this season and so much has changed. I mean, the woman that is is ending 1998 um, is and and in going into 1999, the summer of 1999, um, is is a very different person than than was kind of coming out of the exhausted um, girly show in 1993. Yeah, and I think she's really been careful and astute and made very specific choices. Some of them I think have worked out really well, others not so well, um, but she's grown a ton. She's made major life choices and decisions and things have happened and now she's kind of, she's made one of the best records of her career. Um, and I do think that, you know, my, my experience with Ray of Light, I when I heard it originally, I was so, I loved it, but I was also like, God, Madonna's got getting so serious. Is this, is this what adult Madonna, capital A, is going to be like now that she's legitimized and, you know, and I think I've resisted a lot of times in the last like 20 years, um, really appreciating the accomplishment of the record. It really is a, a, a brilliantly written record and produced. And it also kind of sets off a trend that she's going to now follow for the next few album cycles of of working solely with one uh, with one producer songwriting producer uh, for a huge chunks of the record. Uh, yeah. Pat Leonard obviously comes snaking around every time she needs something, and Joe Henry is she's about to collaborate with her brother in law on an actual song next, and so there's a lot of that going on. But like she really once she has that infrastructure in place, she has such confidence now because she's kind of come out of this dark kind of transitional period and done some experimenting and been out of her comfort zone a lot. Yeah. And Ray of Light is kind of this talisman of like, this is what can come out of that. Yeah. This is what can come out of that um, that period of uncomfortability and change. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's great. I um. First of all, by the way, like as you were talking, I was like, oh my God, this is 
this is the end of our season. I was like, oh yeah. I've, I mean, I knew that going in today, but like when he said, it, I was like, oh shit. And we have been on a long journey with this. And I think like, I agree with everything you're saying. I think, um, she's had all these life. she's learning all these life's lessons, but she's also sharing them with us as she's going through them. Yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting and new. Mm. I also think like, if I think about season one, is like she's just getting in the car. I'm going to use a car metaphor. I'm, and it's oh, going to fall apart at some point. Okay. <laughs> Can't uh, wait. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Gonna just, oh, fuck. I shouldn't even do it. But no, I want it now, she's honey. Getting in the car. She's, you know, she speeds up. She's going pretty fast, but she's, she's on the Audubon, but she's fine. Do you okay. know what I mean? Okay. And then like, um, Season two, she stops for gas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, season two, she's like, she's going in, yeah, going into the. Um, you guys sell yogurt? Here? No, season two, she like, um, she like, um, loses control. Like she's she is being driven. Like, yeah. and she's it's completely out of her control in so many ways. Like, there's just nothing. She can't get a grasp, mm. you know. And it almost ends in a crash, but it's doesn't crash but it it is super dangerous yeah. you know she may have gotten she got hurt in the car you okay. know you know what i mean okay if we're gonna go there in season three i feel like she's back in the driver's seat and she in this and the, these five years like she's much more thoughtful about where she's going and how fast she's gonna go there she you she's, know what I mean? she's taking a scenic route Versus the interstate highway. Yeah, well she she cha- yeah she changes the the road. You know, she's like, well, I could go this way, but actually, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm yeah. um, and I'm and she's sort of on a detour, and I think she's kind of still on a detour. Meaning, like, as far as like no tours, like she's fallen off of like the traditional the the thing that she set up for herself over you know an album every two years, a con- a, a concert, a, a tour, blah blah. blah. And it's slowing down, so she has more space and time to think. She's making, like you said, these bigger choices about the kind of work she's doing. She's taken huge risks mm-hmm. and had and had the big glory, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, and that that spiritually, yeah, like it it taught me. I think this period of time has taught me, and especially looking back at it too, it reminds me of this too. Like, um, that every valley has like a hill like or that there's a hill like that that we're that there's never a time like everything is always changing and that there are the highs and the lows but you really do have to go through the lows in order to get to the highs and that if you can remember in the low times that there will be that it will change it isn't going to last that there are that the hardships lead to other things if you just keep focusing you well know you I mean? can't have a height unless you have a valley you can't, right. it can't be if it's all one it's just all one road right. and i feel like uh, i feel like you need to there there's a percept there's a perspective that comes in when you when you have these challenging periods and periods of uncomfortability and then you kind of come up to the t- and it's like oh that's why I needed to do that yeah and I think there's a lot about particularly about a ray of light where where she's like oh okay I see now what this was all about totally and now I can tell you some things I've got because I'm not going on the road 
Because right. I do think I do think some of it, it Madonna not touring. I mean, I, I uh, somewhat some would say that like the Avida press tour was Madonna's tour for this period because she went everywhere and did everything. But it is this thing of like because she's she's not touring, she's not thinking about that visual component when she's writing the, the stuff and so the songs are just better songs and they're more profound and the lessons can be more pronounced because this is what you're getting now as opposed to this and then me singing it all for the next you know year yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. and um and i do think that she kind of comes out of this period uh having proven to herself that she's doing the right thing and and the, the, the success of Ray of Light, because it was a huge, you know, I mean, it, it sold over 10 million records by September of 1998. And um, that's six months of, of being out in the world. And I think that that success and her being back in a, a groove kind of proved to her, it's like, well, if I listen to myself and I take those scenic routes and I do my own thing, I think I'm going to be better served than if I kind of listen to all of that noise and which I think she was doing more of at the end of season two. Yeah. And into season three, I mean, I think like, you know, cause she talks about, and I, uh, in Madonna rising, you know, Rupert Everett asks her like, you know, talks about like the bedtime stories recording and how, mm. and what her experience of that was. And I have to say like, it sort of validated my feelings about the album because I felt like she talks very specifically about how difficult the album was and how many different producers there were and how she couldn't quite bring the sound together and she wasn't sure about what she was doing. But it was also such a reflection of where she was of like, how do I move forward now? Yeah. Can I move forward? And, you know, like we've pointed to like most other celebrities and specifically in music, who have reached that level, um, and particularly female performers, like that is the moment. That's the end. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I, like, yeah, yeah. That really, yeah. A lesser artist would have just that would have been the final album. You know, in a way, not final, but do you know what I'm saying? Well, like, and 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 this idea that the, the 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 thing I think is revelatory about bedtime stories is is she feels like she didn't quite get it, but she puts it out anyway. Yeah. And that's the key because yes. you can't, not every one of them can be Ray of Lights or Like a Prayers. Right. Right. There have to be those that's right. experimental, chancy, different kinds of records in order to get to the next thing. And I think, you know, not to go too much into our next season, but like the next 10 years are all about shifts and turns musically that she takes depending on how she's inspired what she's doing and who she's exposed to and and influenced by and inspired by and I think that she's a lot more willing because she put out bedtime stories and it was still a success for her that she can she kind of goes with that more she's like wait wait a second I can't do that because it's not what I I do yeah she's able to kind of go with the flow more well yeah and I mean I think there's a confidence in like nothing can really end her career except her. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think she, or wasn't, she wasn't as clear about until I think this last five years of like, she has, she ultimately has that control. Like no matter whether the music is good or bad. And I think there are times where the music is better than others. Yeah. It's not like even now, like when we're in a weird time, like 
it's Madonna's career isn't over. It's just, do you know what I mean? Like she, she sort of is at the center of like well, where she wants to take this. Yeah, you know? and she's a, she's in the driver's seat. Back to yeah. your car metaphor. Totally. She's in the driver's seat, driving towards the summer of 1999. Yes. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another season. We're really happy. Yes, we are. That was weird. (laughs) Can we cut that? That was dumb. (laughs) All right. One, two, three. Till next time. Bye. She has had enough and, of course, doesn't hesitate to say so. I got to go. I have to go. You don't want to miss the beginning of the show. Oh, you want to miss Okay. You don't care if you're making a nuisance of yourself. Well, sometimes I do. No, you don't. (laughs) Well, okay, I don't.